welcome to the podcast. This week we have Kim Harkey, owner of Gray's Attic Antique Shop located at 205 North Main Street in Harrisburg, Arkansas. Kim is also the founder of the Crawley's Ridge Vintage Market, which is held every year out at the Parker Pioneer Homestead. Uh, Parker Pioneer Homestead, for those of you who don't know, is about five miles south of Harrisburg. This year's event will be held on Saturday, May 4th, beginning at 10 a.m. Entry fee is only $5 per person. So come on out. If you enjoy antiques, if you enjoy repurposed things, if you enjoy anything like that, come on out. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be tons of things to do out there. The kids will have a blast. So come on out and enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, NEA Chronicles podcast. I'm here today with Kim Harkey. Um, Kim, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where are you, were you uh, originally from, or were you born and raised here? Yes, I was, um, well, I was born in, in Memphis, but then I've lived here in Harrisburg my whole life. Um, I actually live on the same farm that my grandma lived on when she was a small girl. And so I'm I'm from Harrisburg. My parents were from Harrisburg, and then my grandparents from he, were from here. Awesome. Um, so, when did you first discover uh, an interest in in antiques and and you know junking into old stuff uh, that that you enjoy doing? Well, I've thought about that a lot, and I can remember um, back when I was a kid. Like I said, I've always lived on the farm. And I was an only child, so I stayed with my grandparents a lot while my mom worked. And I would always go to the farm or the barn with my grandpa and piddled. That's what we used to call it. We would, he would piddle, and I would piddle with him. And so um, I, I really didn't think of it as junking back then. I just thought about it as digging in stuff and finding cool things. And when I got older and started the junking the repurposing um i thought about that I, I guess i've always liked to find stuff and i've always been a collector of stuff so so you you not only find stuff and and resell it in its current condition you also repurpose things uh kind of bring it back to life uh, and 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 kind of make it new again in somebody else's eyes right yes um that's kind of what I started out doing was finding pieces and repurposing them. But I have found, and it goes in phases. You have people that wanted stuff repainted and repurposed, and then you had people that learned to do that themselves. So they were looking for project pieces. So I started, um, I, I still get things and repurpose them, but I also get pieces that need to be repurposed, and I sell that because people are trying to find a project piece, and it's not so easy to find, not when you, you don't know where to look. Um, what about uh, what about antiques? What do you enjoy most about uh, just dealing in antiques or, or going to find that, that stuff that you want to repurpose or resell um, and, and, and give to somebody else? What do you, what's most enjoyable about it for you? I would say just the hunt and never knowing what you will find. Um, I have, I've went in abandoned buildings that have been locked up for 50 years and I have found clothes from the 50s and 60s still in boxes and that to me is just, um, it's a time in history that was just sitting there waiting for somebody 
to find it, to tell its story. And something that our kids, I mean, you can find a lot of pieces that are reproductions of that era. But to find something from that era and wonder who wore it and where it came from, I just, I just love that. That's my therapy. If I'm having a bad day, I can, I can go junking and get away from everybody. And it's kind of like a day at the beach for some people. That's awesome. Uh, so when I came in today, I heard you working in the back room. Uh, we're sitting in your shop, uh, Gray's Attic. I heard you working in the back room back there, and I got to looking around, and there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. There's a lot of really unique stuff that I've seen that I haven't quite seen uh, other places. Um, so tell me, how did, uh, how did Gray's Attic come about? What, what, got, what gave you the idea to kind of start an antique store? Well, I think that goes back to my piddling day, <laughs> days when um, – you know, when I first got married and had kids, and like most people, you don't have much money and you want to decorate your house and stage your house, and, and you just work with what you have. And I, I kind of did that when my kids were little, and I was always rearranging rooms and repainting stuff. And, and then when my kids got older and we did sports, every sport imaginable, and I took them to everything. And then when they graduated, I kind of thought, what now? I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to sit at games. And so I started doing that again. I started um, finding pieces, painting pieces. And, of course, I had two empty rooms now to store stuff in. Well, it overtook the two rooms and started <laughs> coming out into the, the living room and, and every other room. And my husband said, that, that's it. We can't, it's taking over the house. And I said, well, you need to find me a store. So I think that weekend we come downtown and, and well, not just downtown, we come to Harrisburg and we looked at some places and come downtown and, and found this building. And um, within a couple of weeks, he bought me a store. So, um, and, I, and I thought the name, how, you know, Gray's Attic, and, and I thought, where, where do people go picking? Where do they, where do they hide their treasures? And um, I never had an attic, but I'll, I've watched shows where kids go up and, you know, this. I could picture this big Victorian house, or and up in the attic is all grandma's trunks full of old dresses and old pictures. And so that's where I thought about attic. And then Gray uh, is my grandson, so that's why I, it, it's called Gray's Attic. It's Attic is a place to make believe. It's a place to find a part of history, um, to go to another place, to reminisce. Right. And so that's why Gray's Attic is Gray's Attic. Um, when you're looking for antiques, uh, when, you're out, um, when you're out junking, do you have a particular thing you're looking for? Or is there, or is there one thing that you favor over, over another item that when you see it, you just say, I got I to gotta have that? Um, you know, I know for me, I like electronics. So is there, is there that one thing that you, that you just gravitate towards? I have people that call me regularly and, and have stuff for sale. And I always get the question, what are you looking for? And my answer is always, I'll know when I see it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for. I have an idea. Um, I can tell you the one top thing. I love mid-century. So... I'm always looking for mid-century. 
and uh, I buy mid-century to resell it, and I buy mid-century to put my own house. I also buy cheapy farmhouse. I also buy vintage. I also buy industrial. It, I don't. I don't know. Just anything that catches my eye, anything that's different, unique, quirky, something that somebody can look at and and see something else. Um, I had a, a young picker that only picked stuff he liked. And I told him, you're not picking for yourself. You're picking for others. So it, that changed his whole picking style. Because you can't just pick what you like because you limit your audience. So you have to pick things that other people like. You have to pick things that you don't like. You have to see something that other people can see an interest in. But mid-century would be my top thing to pick. Um, that's awesome. I, 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 I told you I kind of gravitate towards uh, when I look at stuff, and I, I like old things, but I like old, you know, electronics, and that's kind of what I gravitate towards when I look at that stuff. Um, so you was talking about those unique pieces and everything uh, that you look. What is it about Craze Attic that that is unique to you that you think that that is unique to your customers when they come in here looking for things? Um. I don't, I don't know if everybody would agree with me, but I think what's unique is the authenticity of a lot of my items. They're not um, a remake. Most of my items are from the actual era. It's something that I have found in a warehouse, like I said, that's been closed up for 50 years. Um, that stuff is from 50 years ago, and and not you know a lot of my pieces have flaws in them, but we all have flaws, and if you've been in a warehouse for 50 years, you're gonna have flaws, and so I think that is is one thing is it brings character and it tells a story. Not everybody wants a perfect piece. They want something that has some scuffs on it. They want something that might have a little kid might have carved their name in a leg. They want that. And so I think a lot of these pieces is something. I have people come in here, older people, that come in here and just tell me, I had that when I was a kid. I remember that was in my grandma's house. It's like walking back in time in here. And um, I have some newer pieces, but I think the uniqueness is just having things that bring a, a happy memory to people. Um, so I found you. Um, I was scrolling through Facebook like one day, like we so often do, um, and I, I seen an ad for this Crawley's Ridge Vintage Market, and it kind of piqued my interest, so I kind of started looking at it um, and and uh, and started viewing, you know, what, what it was about, and I run across your, your Facebook page, Grace Attic, while I was at it. Um, so... It, it it really kind of interested me um, because I had never heard of the Crawls Ridge Mar uh, Vintage Market before. So how did that? How how long has that been going on? How long? How many years have you been doing that? And and uh, how did it come about? Well, I want to I want to say about five years. It it might have been five or six years now. I kind of lose track. I, the market's a week away, so right now I, I can't even think. <laughs> but um, how it got started is when I started. 
junking and I had a shop, then of course I post all my pictures online and people that do shows, they, they get online to find other businesses. And I was invited to a show in Northwest Arkansas. First time I've ever been invited to a show. And I've been following this show and it, it, it's a huge show. In the junker world, it's a huge show. You know, so um, that was my first time being invited to a show, and I kind of was intimidated. I wasn't, I wasn't kind of intimidated. I was intimidated. I'd never done a show before. Uh, six hours away, didn't know what to expect, and so I passed. I, I thought, thanked her, but I passed, and I went and did a couple of little um festivals local festivals to try to see how long it would take for me to set up um, what to take all that goes into that and so I went and did a, her show the next year and um, they have over 10,000 people come through there and they have vendors from Pennsylvania and New York and coming to Arkansas and so you know for her to ask me I thought you know that's a big shot <laughs> To ask me, you know, a little old girl from Harrisburg. So I went, we did really well, and we were hooked. We wanted those shows. Now, Arkansas does not have very many shows, and there's not any over here on the northeast side. So I, I talked to my sister. She helps me, and, and I said, why can't we do a show? Why don't we do a show over here? We have uh, shoppers over here that want this that are just not going to drive six hours away for one day to shop. So we started out um, down here in downtown Harrisburg, and we we did really well. And so we thought, well, we'll, we'll see how it goes, and we'll plan on another show. And so it it's just went each year like that until now we have moved to Parker Homestead, which is five miles south of Harrisburg, and we we love it out there. We love it out there. It's a one-day show, and it's an outside event, but it's set on an old homestead, so it has that old pioneer antique right. yep. <laughs> atmosphere that, that we so love. Yeah, and I've been out to Parker Pioneer Homestead for, for some of the other events that they've had, and it is really... Uh, rustic out there. They have a lot of old historical homes and, and buildings and everything out there, so that's really neat. Um, so the first year you started out here in town on the, on, on kind of the square here, uh, do you remember how many vendors you had that first year? Um, and, and how did you go about, how did you go about contacting them to, them to uh, come to the very first um, uh, vintage flea market like uh, in this area? I want to, I want to say probably 30, 30 vendors, which is good for, for a first-time show. And for a small um, town, I know the show that I, that I go to up in northwest Arkansas, and I didn't know this till I think, last year, that they started out with seven vendors. Oh, wow. And so now it's over 100 vendors. And, but um, how I find them is when I go to shows, I... I you you get to know the vendors. You get to know where they're from. And so um, we talk about, 
Well, we do, we talk about a lot of things, but you reach out to them. That's how you, you reach out to them and tell them about your show. And then you you go on Facebook and you find people that travel and do shows. And then you also talk to your local people. You have a lot of local people that have booths at flea markets and Jonesboro and Paragol and, and Little Rock and Memphis. And, and so you sometimes you can get them to be a vendor because they can get a lot of eyes on their product at one time. Right. And sometimes you can't because they don't want to do the work. It, it's easy to take things to a, a booth, right. set it up, <laughs> and then go check it on, on it again in a couple of days or maybe next week. But to set up and, and actually work your booth all day, and it's not all day, it is weeks in advance. Yeah. That By the time you get to the, to the actual show, you're exhausted <laughs> because you have to prepare everything, you have to price everything, you have to load everything, and then you have to unload everything. And, set. and so it's a, it's a long process, and a lot of people don't want to do that. So you have to, you have to really hunt for, for people. And a lot of vendors that I've talked to, the, the ones that have traveled and done shows for a while, the first thing they will ask is how long you've done your show, what's your attendance, because and to what type of vendors you have. I've been to shows that um, I wouldn't go back to, and I've been to shows that I went to and I didn't do so well, and it wasn't the show, and it wasn't the weather. So you have to ask yourself, was it my was it my product? Did I take the wrong things? Yeah. And sometimes that happens. You take the wrong things. And when you do a specialty item, that limits your audience. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to, you know, you have to look at your your own stuff and, and see. So um, it, it's a job. It's a job finding vendors. And you have to really get your your show established before you can get some vendors. So when you're preparing um, for this for this flea market that you do every year, um, what are um, some of the biggest challenges you face um, when you're when you're preparing uh, when you're getting that ready? I know you you say you start you know months in advance. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you come up against that you face uh, when you uh, go to set set it up and and get ready to to uh, do the show? I would say my number one challenge, something that <laughs> just makes my hair stand on end is is getting people to turn their stuff in. Um, I, I know I, I start sending out applications and really start kind of putting bugs in people's ears about September, October. The show was the first Saturday in May. And I know I, I, I'm, I'm a vendor too when I go to show. I mean, I go to shows and I'm a vendor. I know how that works. And you think, oh, gosh, May. But there's advertisement, and, and you can't buy advertisement if you don't have the money turned in on time. So I would think that is the biggest, biggest obstacle. And I, have not un I, I haven't found out how to get over that. Um, I know when I go to shows, they put a deadline. I, I do the same thing. I put a deadline. So um, I don't know. I don't. That's it. That is it, and and that's what scares me because um, everybody wants to turn their stuff in February. Well, by February, I'm thinking, am I going to have a show? Am I going to have any vendors? 
And, um, he, you know, I'm exactly one week away, and I have a lady coming to my shop today to possibly sign up to be a vendor. I will have vendors that will call me on Friday that will say, is there room for me? And uh, it always turns out, it always turns out good. I always, um, I do this every year. I do this every year. I, I get scared and freak out, and I tell myself I'm not going to do it. They'll turn their stuff in. They may be late, but they'll turn their stuff in. So that's the biggest obstacle. Young, come on in. Uh. Are you the one that uh, called me? So we have a customer coming in. Uh, Kim is going to take care of her customer real quick. <laughs> All right, we're back. Well, we took took care of the customers. Um, so, Kim, uh, what about like when you get vendors out there uh, at the Crawley's Ridge Vintage Market? Um, where all where are these are these vendors coming from? Um, and, and you know what what is kind of some of their um, their reasoning for coming to your to your market? Well, um, I would say I don't really have a lot of vendors kind of that's local, let's say. Um, I have some from Little Rock. I have a few from Memphis, uh, Jacksonville, uh, close to Little Rock. Um, I have a few from Missouri, and this will be the first year I have a guy coming from Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So um, – they they will bring. I forgot what your second part of that question was. You said where where they come from. Yeah, where where, where are they where are they from and kind of where, you know, what is what is it, what do you think it is about their market that makes that about your market that makes them want to come? Oh, okay. Um, well, I I don't I I really don't know. Um, I've I've heard good things about our market, and then some people that just don't get it that come out there you know, have said negative things, but that you always find that. Um, I think the venue, uh, if you've never been to Parker Homestead, which you said you have, yeah. my my customers that just come in here, that's planning on being vendors. Um, they lived right here in Harrisburg since, I think they said 1983. Never been to Parker Homestead. And you're missing something. Right. It is, the atmosphere is so... Um, peaceful. It's simple. It's uh takes you back to a time in history that none of us have ever experienced. And so I, I think um, when I, when I moved my market from what the previous location out there and the vendors who have drove you know that's not from here when they first pulled out there they're like yes yes. You need to have it here every year. And that kind of solidified it. Um, it's just a peaceful. I have vendors that will come and stay. They will camp out out there. There's cabins available to rent. So I have vendors that are renting cabins and staying out there. It's just a, a pleasing, nice atmosphere. And not only do you get to shop with my vendors, but you also get to tour the cabins and because all the cabins will be open their museum will be open the general store will be open they have a broom making um and, and that'll be going so they'll get to see all that stuff as well
Okay, so you was talking about being out at Parker Pioneer Homestead and how they have all the broom making. That was one of the things the first time I went out there was for my son's school trip. And the the broom making was one of the things that really fascinated me. I could have sat there and watched them all day. Um, that and the blacksmith that they had out there, um, I could sit and watch that stuff all day. What are one of the things that out there that uh, in the times that you've been going that you find uh, the most interesting when you're out there? When I go as as a shopper <laughs> to their, to their <laughs> event. Um, well, Parker Homestead, they have a fall event. And um, I was one of the first ones they asked. They, they don't really have vendors out there because they have so much going on, and, and they try to show a uh, reenactment of Pioneer Days. And so the owner came in my shop and was like, listen, we're thinking about um, maybe putting a couple of more attractions something out there and um won't know if i want to be if i would be interested but it has to be a oh rustic mm -hmm. um kind of resembles that era and so um i set up out there every fall and i sit right by the broom making that's my spot everybody knows that's my <laughs> spot and it never gets old. Like you said, it never gets old. I sit there and watch them make those brooms all day long. And, you know, they have benches that are in front of the broom making. And it is like a spectator sport. The people are just piled on these on these uh, benches, and they're taking pictures, and it, it's all day. And so I don't get out much because I'm at my booth. But um, I tell you what, it doesn't get – boring and never gets old sitting there watching that broom making so I, I would say that would be the the most interesting part of it so finally the last question i have for you uh what is about the the community um you know uh harrisburg is kind of a what you would consider a smaller town it's got the little town square here uh what is it about your community that that makes it special to you what do you think it is about it that that makes it special um to to other people also Well, <laughs> that's a hard question. That's a hard question because being from a small community, you, you know all the good things, mm -hmm. but you know all the bad things too. And, um, you know, on, the, on the, the good things is I just, I really love how our community will come together when tragedy happens. I know that has nothing to do with my shop, has nothing to do with the market, but... Um, I think they're pretty helpful. They they, help, they want to help each other, um, especially when you're hurting. They want to help you. Um, then you, the um you know the downsize is um, you're limited. You are limited because not everybody likes this. That not everybody likes this mid-century and this vintage. We live in a farming community. We're farmers. We're hunters. We are cowboys, and mid-century retro is just my, not their forte. And I get that, and I get that. But um, they come in here, and they'll support me. Um, and, and I tell them this. If that's not your forte, that's fine. If you come across it, just just drop it off on my doorstep. I'll take it any time. Um, and, and they do. Like, we've sitting here. I, we had somebody pull up that. They were taking it to the dump. Uh, vintage, 
blue luggage. I'm like, he's not taking that to the dump. No way. He's dropping that off with me. So um, people are good about just just giving you, they, they'll give you the shirt off their back. Um, they might not understand it, but they will try to help you out. If you ask help, they will. And I've had vendors, or not vendors, I've had businesses in town that I have went to because I want to I want to be an incentive for my shoppers to come back and spend their money in Harrisburg because we're planning on about 3,000 to 4,000 shoppers and um, coming through Harrisburg. That's more than the hotel in Harrisburg. So I want them to spend their money. I want them to eat here. I want them to buy gas here. I want them to stop at the convenience store and get their kid a Dr. Pepper. And so I have some businesses that are going to give me discount cards to give to shoppers so that when they leave, they can come through town and, and stop and eat. And that's all. That's what makes communities special. Everybody pulls together to help, help to help one another out, even though you may not understand it and that may not be your thing. Um, everybody ends up benefiting when you pull together, um, and and everybody um, can grow from that. Um, Kim, you've been gracious enough to to allow me to come out to the Crawlers Ridge Market and and interview some of the vendors if they want to be interviewed. Um, and we look forward to seeing you there. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I want to thank you for. Uh, allowing me to come in and sit down in your shop. I know you're a very busy lady, um, so I want to thank you for allowing me to come in and uh, and and sit down for a few minutes and and just uh, kind of pick your brain and find out what what makes uh, what makes you tick. What what you know what it is that you know you get up for every morning. And I and, and I can tell just by talking to you that you love doing these things. Well, I appreciate you coming down, and and I look forward to seeing you and and at the market and seeing what it's all about and being able to help spread the word and spread that fire for junk. <laughs> junk is a good word. Um, it's a popular word. And uh, we just, we hope we have a good turnout and we look forward to seeing you and just happy junking. Everybody loves junk. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast. I would ask that you search us on Facebook, NEA Chronicles, uh, like our Facebook page. We are also on Instagram. You can find us uh, by searching NEA Chronicles on Instagram. You can send us messages on Facebook. So if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, suggestions, please feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook. Thank you very much. Have a great week.